Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is December 7th, 2020. A week ago, President-elect Biden hurt his foot while playing with Major, one of his rather rambunctious dogs. Following a CT scan of his injuries, it was determined that he had suffered a hairline fracture, and his doctor suggested an orthopaedic boot. While it's no doubt an awkward piece of footwear, the course of treatment was not controversial. If, however, his doctor had told him just to walk it off and instead prescribed caffeine and steroids, his competence would have been called into question. Mr. Biden was clearly injured and in need of support, rather than tired and in need of stimulus. The same could be said of the American economy today, in the midst of a worsening pandemic and in the wake of a disappointing jobs report. We expect that Congress will pass additional coronavirus relief before adjourning for the year and that vaccines will finally rid us of this pandemic in 2021. However, investors should recognise the deficits run during the pandemic must inevitably lead to fiscal restraint later in the decade and long-term returns will, to some extent, depend on the precision and efficiency with which the federal government attempts to aid the economy today. The pandemic numbers remain absolutely grim, with confirmed cases now averaging almost 200,000 per day, fatalities averaging over 2,000 per day, and hospitalizations running at above 100,000. Moreover, according to Johns Hopkins, the seven-day moving average of the national test positivity rate is a very high 10.4%, suggesting no significant decline in any of these numbers in the days ahead. Vaccine news is positive and it appears likely that widespread inoculation over the spring and summer months will finally end the pandemic. However, this will not prevent massive fatalities over the winter, underscoring the importance of the universal adoption of public health protocols such as mask wearing and social distancing. As last Friday's jobs report made crystal clear, the widening pandemic is preventing a full recovery in the economy. Most businesses have adapted well to a COVID economy, some by adopting protocols to keep employees and customers safe, and some by adjusting to a stay-at-home work environment. However, many companies just can't do this, including wide swaths of the leisure, entertainment, travel and restaurant businesses, and a host of medical and personal services. The US economy lost an astonishing 22.2 million payroll jobs, between February and April of this year, almost equaling the 22.8 million jobs added in the prior decade. It has since recovered 12.3 million, or 56% of these lost jobs. However, the pace of recovery has slowed dramatically, with just 245,000 positions added in November, following a gain of 610,000 in October. Importantly, much of the remaining job losses in sectors that are most affected by the pandemic, and we don't expect to see further significant recovery in these areas until next spring. It should also be emphasised that, while the unemployment rate fell to 6.7% in November, this greatly overstates the extent of the recovery in the labour market. In the previous 11 recessions since World War II, the labour force was always higher nine months after the start of the recession than at its inception. In sharp contrast, the US labour force today is now more than 10 million people smaller than it was in February, indicating that many people are not even looking for work because their industry is essentially shut down. Since these people are not searching for jobs, they're not counted as unemployed. If they were, the measured unemployment rate would be over 9%. In addition, hundreds of thousands of restaurants and other small businesses have been shuttered, with many families rapidly losing equity built up over generations. 
Very belatedly, it looks like Congress will pass some further coronavirus relief. Importantly, both Speaker Pelosi and Majority Leader McConnell have agreed to try to attach relief legislation to the omnibus bill necessary to keep the government funded past this Friday. Of course, even this deadline could slip for a few days if negotiators agree to pass a short-term stopgap funding bill. While details are scarce, some of the relief provisions may mirror suggestions from a proposal made by a small bipartisan group of senators, which would further extend funding for unemployment benefits and add $300 per week to each check, provide additional PP loans to small businesses, provide extra funds to state and local governments to help with vaccine distribution and testing, and extend moratoriums on evictions. However, these measures would still fall far short of the support the economy needs until the end of the pandemic. First, quite apart from the cost of battling the pandemic, the recession has slashed state and local government revenues, contributing to the loss of 1.3 million government jobs since February. Additional federal funds to state and local governments could help reverse this trend. Second, forgivable PPE loans, as originally designed, were a very wasteful way of trying to support small businesses, as they essentially reimbursed expenses for continuing operations, even though revenues had collapsed, rather than protecting owners' equity, as companies were forced to shut down during the pandemic. This needs to be improved upon in further relief. Third, a moratorium on evictions is leading to a growing backlog of unpaid rent. It will be important to find a way to help renters pay this overdue rent as the pandemic ends to avoid a flood of evictions just as we all try to get back to normal. Most of all, the economy needs a decisive end to the pandemic, which can only come from a near-universal adherence to public health guidelines on mask wearing and social distancing and an efficient and rapid distribution of vaccines. Conversely, the economy does not need another broad round of stimulus checks. This has been a terrible year for everyone. However, many Americans who have not seen any negative impact on their income, for them, further one-time checks from the government would either be saved or spent on goods, many of which are imported, and neither of these activities would do much to help battle unemployment or protect small businesses. Most importantly, this pandemic has led to a huge deterioration in the public finances. At the end of 2019, U.S. federal debt in the hands of the public amounted to $17.2 trillion, or 80% of GDP. At the end of 2021, we expect it to amount to $24.6 trillion, or 110% of GDP. As the economy recovers and long-term interest rates move higher, interest payments in this debt will rise rapidly. Eventually, this will lead to higher taxes on families, businesses, and investors. Investors in the week ahead will be watching Washington to see if long-overdue relief will finally arrive. However, as they do so, they should hope for a package that supports those impacted by the pandemic rather than one that blindly pumps money into an injured economy. They should also be looking for leadership in the health crisis itself, which emphasizes what we all can do and must do to finally bring this terrible episode to a speedy conclusion. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. If any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. 
Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.